Good. Where, where's the smart marks at? They're there. They're talk to them. Good. Can I? Yeah. I would love you to. Can I really? You know how I feel. Can I swear? I'm, I'm, absolutely. Ask your friends over here. All right. Fuck you. The rogue of wrestling, Michael Newman. Common problem for WWE superstars. Like, they never know how to react to the lights going off. Like, Undertaker made a career out of that. And the New Jersey kid, Joe Sheehan. Why did no one who feuded with The Undertaker over all these years just bring a flashlight down to the room? <laughs> You're listening to the Super Smart Brothers Pro Wrestling Podcast. Can you imagine that, like, <laughs> shielding his eyes, like, hissing as he runs away or something? <laughs> like, some goth kid. Hello. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another exciting edition of the Super Spark Mothers Pro Wrestling Podcast. I'm your New Jersey kid, Joshi, and turn- <laughs> with my tag team partner, the Rogue of Wrestling, Mr. Michael Newman. How'd you like my uh, cast impression there, Newman? Who is it impression of? Cast? Uh, cast this week. Big cast. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. You know what? Uh, is Daniel Bryan a coward? Uh, yes. <laughs> You know what? I actually I thought you were going for Drew Gulak when he does like the Ooh. my pa- PowerPoint presentation. Like ah that. yes, it's another good reference. Like, hey everybody, welcome to my podcast. <laughs> Ooh, that might be a good like permanent intro. Ooh, you've given me ideas. Mm. All right, you know what? Let me make a note of that. That's a good idea. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> So that was the highlight of our week this week. Uh, it's been a great week, everyone. Uh, let's go. <laughs> you know what? That that little pause. How many of the all-in tickets do you think were sold within that like first five seconds? Hold on, wait. Launched? I can calculate this. Let Let's talk while Ooh. I do this. All right, all right. You're gonna do some sciencey math. Let's see. We we've got all right, right. Doctor Joe Sheehan is gonna do some professional wrestling math. Hold on, we have tickets. Are we looking for tickets per second? Tickets, tickets within five seconds. So within the first five okay. seconds, how many? So we had ten. We had ten thousand tickets sold overall. Ten thousand tickets sold in. Hold on, I gotta look yes. up this so wait, number. Wait, wait, what was that? What was that, Joe? Because we didn't officially announce it yet. Oh yeah, I'm sure most 10, people know. Ten thousand tickets sold. Ten thousand out of how many, Joe? Ten thousand. And what does that mean? A one hundred percent. Oh, one hundred percent sold out. Zero unsold. Zero unsold. Sold out. All in. Sold out. Within 30 fucking minutes. Hold on. Um, mm-hmm. Looking for the exact... You know, on the off chance that uh, guys like Cornette listen to this podcast, eat your heart out. <laughs> oh, I have been... I, he he did a whole podcast on the All In show. And I, I just <laughs> started about to say, listening to He did a whole podcast about us, about how he hates <laughs> us. And I was going to say, Yes! We've made it, Joe. Oh, this is annoying. <laughs> because apparently the Rolling Stones have a song called All Sold Out. So, <laughs> Googling. Uh, let's just try Cody Rhodes all in. Sold out. I need that someone reported like the exact, it was like 30 minutes and some seconds. Or was it like, um, I think I remember, I, I think Cody Rhodes, didn't he tweet something that was like 29 minutes and 36 Oh, that could have been seconds it. Seconds or something. How fast did all in 
sell out. Although, I wonder if he would do it like WWE style, where it's like if it was like oh, here we 30 go. minutes and a couple seconds, and it's like shit. Let's just shave a couple seconds off of that to make it 29, like under 30. Let's That's see. even more impressive. But I mean, it's it's insanely impressive, no matter what, because it's this is not correct. This as far as a statistic, <laughs> this is the largest non WWE show to run in America in like what 10 plus years at least has to be you would have to go back to the territory <clears throat> days i believe like territories or wcw yeah yeah true so yeah i guess right basically since the death of wcw a non wwe event has not drawn this many fans in america okay. all right we're not going to be as exact as i want to so let's just say 30 minutes right what hey don't lift the curtain behind the fans Maintain kayfabe. This is science. <clears throat> Your results are 100% accurate. Okay. Be a TV scientist, not a real scientist that actually talks about whether your data is accurate and your test results are legitimate. No, no, no. You are certain. Everything you do is absolute. Okay, so that's right. 1,800 seconds is 30 minutes. So mm -hmm. 10,000 divided by 1,800... That's 5.55555 tickets per second. Wow. All right. So 5.55 within five seconds. That would have been... So times five. Like 30? 30 tickets? 27.77777. Look at that, folks. That's impressive. That's within seconds. Seconds. That. Yeah. And, oh, biggest thing to note is that if they're not going out to um scalpers did you hear yeah. about that part yeah it was like because uh when people were even looking through all the like the stub hub and all the other places stub where you could try and get the sub Geek, or, stuff like that yeah there were only like what maybe a hundred tickets i think that made it to scalpers or 150 yeah dave uh actually people should look it up dave Meltzer did a really good breakdown of the math of all of this mm -hmm. of like the percentage sold and stuff like that how quickly it was like they beat WWE by like leaps and bounds comparatively, right? Because obviously, oh, yeah. mm -hmm. uh, he I think he was comparing it to WWE's like WrestleMania. So obviously, that's times like eight to this this mm -hmm. show, yeah, eighty thousand versus ten thousand. Right. But he did the the the, the proportion calculations, mm -hmm. so it was a very very fair comparison. Yeah, but like here, I wondered like, what do you think as far as a here's some more wrestling math. Mm. If you think if if they could have had a bigger building. How many people do you think they could have sold this show to? Because they sold out ten thousand within thirty minutes. So how I big don't, do you think the show could have been? I want to be conservative and like, I don't want to say mm -hmm. too much more than that, right? Like, I think maybe fifteen thousand. I think they could have made at least yeah fifteen or twenty. Like, I think yeah. they could have done that. I'm not gonna sit there and say like they would have sold. Uh, what would be a ridiculous number? I guess closer to thirty thousand, you would you'd start getting like the kind of uh, I don't know about that range. Yeah, like that. I would really start to be surprised. Like, holy shit, if they sold thirty thousand, like, yeah, I don't know. But yeah, like I definitely think they could have definitely done fifteen or twenty. But still, the fact they did ten that quickly, that's amazing, and that's awesome. Fifteen or twenty, I think probably would have taken some time. Yeah, like that might not have been all right at once. Like even if it were a and bigger event, say like maybe twelve thousand people bought right away. Uh -huh. And then, yeah, like over the next couple of weeks or months, it grew to, you know, 15, 16, somewhere around there. Now, th this is something I just thought of. 
it's also about the supply and demand, right? Mm-hmm. Because when you only say there's only 10,000 tickets, aren't you going to rush to to buy them fast? Like, we didn't, but that's for other reasons. Well, that, um, part of that was because I I just assumed that it wasn't going to sell out like that. I Yeah, I mean, my reason was <laughs> I'm, I'm buying a house, so... Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I'm I'm sa- I'm saving for that and stuff like that. But what I'm saying is, like, say both of us had uh, the time and money and also didn't want to, to wait, right? When there's 10,000 versus 20,000, you're, you're going to go faster for the 10,000 one. True. You know that there's less. So that's probably... I mean, I think 10,000 was just a smart number by these guys. Well, it, well, it was interesting because 10,000 was... It was the number that Dave Meltzer was talking about, right? Or somebody exactly, threw yeah. at Dave Meltzer well, and then Cody Rhodes took up the challenge? Cody already had been talking about it. So yeah. I don't know if Cody had the 10,000 in mind already. But then, yes, Dave kind of egged him on with Ring of Honor could never get up to 10,000. Mm-hmm. Which is a fair... Like, no, no one has been, like, the evil guy in all this, right? Dave's just going mm-hmm. off of facts. Right. And it's just, I mean, it's it's a certain reality, too, of, like, you know, I, I hadn't really watched a whole lot of Ring of, Ring of Honor until, like, the last year or so. I've been mm-hmm. watching more of it. And there's a certain reality to it that, like, you know, with, they don't do as many really long, continuous storylines. And they don't emphasize a lot more of, like, the, like, because the thing that was really great and I think has done a, an amazing amount of uh, things for all the Bullet Club guys is that being the elite show. That was something for people to be able to keep up with every single week consistently. And it was something that was like a creative freedom thing for those guys to be able to like connect to the fans and be able to tell the story they wanted to tell, right? Because even if they're being booked a certain way within New Japan or in, in a Ring of Honor, they can always spin those things a certain way to tell a story that they want to and craft their characters in a way that they want to and have that creative control over their characters mm-hmm. that like... Because I like for a while I wasn't watching. I didn't care about being the elite because it was for a while. I guess it was just mostly um, like logging their travel and shit. And even yeah. in the episodes where they have like, because they still do that sometimes. And I would just skip through that part because I don't give a fuck. The thing that <laughs> it's I love I love you and I because like that's the part I like. <laughs> uh, the thing that I cared about was the part that's like, oh, this is like story development for like the Bullet Club guys. Because then it's like, all right, well now like Adam Page isn't just the guy who's kind of like the lower dude on the totem pole in the Bullet Club, he's got this whole storyline of like him being like the most brainwashed one by Cody and he's got this whole rivalry with Joey Ryan and this whole complex about his penis. And then like Young Bucks have like this whole extra dimension of like whose side they're on and things like that as far as like who's more aligned with Cody and versus Kenny. And then like Mm -hmm. as far as Cody's story, like manipulating the Bullet Club, like that's done a whole lot on that show. Yeah. So having something like that has been really good. And a lot of the guys in Ring of Honor don't really have that or something no. like that. You know, most of them, if they're getting promo time, they're like, maybe if they're lucky, one of these guys is getting a promo once a month. Yeah, it's only if an that, hour show, right? Yeah. And then, you know, most of the because also, it's, yeah, it's a shorter show. So then also a lot of them, as far as like their in-ring thing, because Ring of Honor is just like a different type of creature, right? As far as like an it's, in-ring it's, product. It's the more athletic wrestling. It's mm-hmm. going, we're, we're focusing on what's goes on in the ring. And even if they do get promo time, it's usually very serious promos. Like, mm-hmm. Dalton Castle is one of their most out-there characters. Mm-hmm. 
um, you would have to go back to like Jimmy Jacobs to go out there before that. Mm-hmm. So, and then you know what? Actually, I, you you it's so it's funny too because like you're starting to see a little bit of this now in uh, this next season of like being the elite. They're having some of the other guys from Ring of Honor appear a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. I'm trying to remember who's been on so far. SoCal and Censor's on there, but like they're fucking boring as fuck. I don't. They just yeah, suck. they've changed. All they do is they just complain about not being in Southern California. Yeah, which is and like, like I don't know why they aren't. Daniels just the and Kazarian used to be so entertaining, right? Like, well, like yeah, because it's like I didn't even get to see that much of the addiction, but from what I saw of the addiction was like this was a lot better than this shit. Yeah, <laughs> like even in le- getting legitimate heel heat, if they wanted to be heels, because like with SoCal and censored for me, it's just go away heat. Mm-hmm. It's just like this is such a lazy and stupid gimmick. That I just don't even want you on TV. Like it's, it's X Pac go away heat. Yeah, it's like well them and like the dogs at this point are just like all right, like you guys just. Oh, the dogs are just so generic. It's just like yeah, re- it's create a wrestler. <laughs> create create a really bad shitty wrestler. Yeah. Um, but somebody who's getting a little bit better of an exposure on this is uh, Jay Lethal is on this a little yes. bit now, and he's doing this mixed Jay Lethal Black Machismo gimmick where he gets like knocked into and out of the character of being black machismo and then forgetting that he was black machismo as Jay lethal so that's yes that's like all right this is fun like this is a great new layer and thing to play with Jay lethal's character well yeah and it's smart right because mm-hmm. he had that run in tna where he got to do that where he did the black machismo character he then left tna because he wasn't getting used right anymore goes to ring of honor does a serious character mm-hmm has the run with Truth Martini and everything. And now he's kind of like, what else is Jay going to do in Ring of Honor right now, right? He's won all the championships pretty much. Mm-hmm. He's won, the, especially the main title, a couple times now, I think. So it's just like now, if he wants to stay with Ring of Honor, it's just him getting to do whatever he wants. And he's choosing to do this fun thing, which I think is going to remind the audience again, he's had such a serious character for so long that, hey, this is the fun part of Jay Lethal again. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what? I think there's a there's a certain element too that, like wrestling goes in waves, right? And I think, Absolutely. Like especially the last couple of years, and now we're coming into like a more full swing of it. That like there's more gimmicks. People are becoming characters a lot more than they mm-hmm. were before. Because for a long time, it was like everybody was just like their first name, last name, right? And yeah. it, like all these people were just oh, they're people. Like they don't really have gimmicks. And now, like, it's come back to a time when people... And it's, it's it's actually a really interesting kind of fusion between the two, right? Because people have gimmicks a lot more, but at the same time, these gimmicks are somehow more it's, grounded it's, in reality. Yeah, it's not the plumber gimmick from the 1990s WWF, right? Mm-hmm. Like, early 90s. Uh, or the goon, or anything like that. Right, yeah. Like, it's not like a, I do some other job the rest of the time, and then I come and wrestle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's like, no, I'm a wrestler, and this is my weird inspiration for who... Like, it's... You know what? Actually, in a certain way, hasn't the rest of the world kind of, like, taken a lot more inspiration and learned from Lucha? Because, like, Lucha has, like, these really strong gimmicks, but, like, all those gimmicks are understood to be within the genre of, like, oh, these are all luchadors. Like, these are all people who are fighters. And this Mm -hmm. is, like, their, their gimmicks and their clothing represents kind of, like, their philosophy or, like, who they are as a person. And that's kind of like what we're transitioning to at this point, right? Because like all these yeah. people, their gimmicks are like, oh, they are wrestlers, pretty much. I guess there maybe are a few exceptions, 
I don't know if I can name any at the top of my head, but like there's probably some. Exceptions of what? Like somebody who like as far as what their gimmick is, that like their gimmick is not that they are a wrestler. Oh. Cause like I guess like Undertaker maybe is an example. Cause like Undertaker is the Undertaker, right? Taker. He is an Undertaker. Like yeah, he like he is a weird immortal but he's from dead man. A pastime, right? So if you right. if you if your exception is saying someone from current day, yeah, I can't think of anyone. Yeah, or like you know, Kane's not there anymore, but like you know, Kane would have been kind of like an example. But I guess well, yeah, Kane's gone about, through so many gimmicks. He's went from the devil's favorite demon to mayor. So <laughs> right, yeah, hell's favorite mayor. <laughs> He needs to use like, this in his campaign. We've dude, got you, Kane. We... I would watch. I would pay so much money to watch a movie of just like Kane, like but like as um, a mayor. Glenn Jacobs, like just dressed up as he is as the mayor, and just do a movie where he's the mayor of hell. But he's just like really nice, like mild manner. He's like, oh, and this is over he here is the himself. fire pits yeah. where we burn the sinners, and you know you can come and hear their screams, like just. Like as if it's like a weird. He's like he's selling property, like a real estate agent in hell or something. Uh, he's really good at selling insurance. That's what his other job is. So yeah. Um, have did you see the parody ads for his um, that like an opponent of his? Oh God, no. Oh wait, it just it just highlights it's like his opponent didn't actually use these, but like someone made it out that like they did mm-hmm. and it was just all the clips from his like wrestling days so it was like him burning jr and so it was just like <laughs> do you want a mayor that burns people alive like <laughs> it's just like him like electrocuting shane's nuts like and it was like do you want a mayor that does this like <laughs> and like climbing into the casket with the katie vick yes i'm pretty oh. sure i'm pretty sure that was in there do you want a mayor who has sex with dead bodies <laughs> Oh, what else is on there? Oh, I think like him pile driving Linda McMahon like, <laughs> on the stage. I think that was like unsafe working di- conditions or like violence against women or something. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, that'd be fucking hilarious. You know what? I bet, like at this point though, that sort of thing, like Kane should have run that because it probably would have gotten oh, yeah. more votes. <laughs> people well, like, he did. Fuck, he- yeah. I mean, he won. It though, seems so like it he had matter, a sense but... of humor about that kind of stuff because he had the interview with Jericho during his campaign, where he was like, "Yeah, could you imagine if they they saw any of that stuff?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it gets you. You'd have to have a sense of humor about that sort of thing, right? Yeah, because like if you tried to play it off like somehow that shit wasn't fucking weird and screwed up, then like everybody else is going to point it out, and then because you didn't, yeah, it would just be disastrous. Mm-hmm. So that's good. And honestly, like, who the fuck cares? Like, it's a TV show character. Yeah. Well, that's, that was my favorite part of uh, Triple H's documentary. Linda goes, she was like, I had to go down to the church before Paul and Stephanie got married. Uh, mm-hmm. And explain to the priest that, like, the storylines that his nephew saw or something like that on our TV, where Steph and Triple H get married like on the TV show, mm-hmm. like weren't real. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Cause like the, the priest nephew was like, Oh yeah, I know those two. Like here's a video of them going through like that Las Vegas drive through to get married. <laughs> <laughs> and the priest was like, well, I can't marry them. They've already been married before. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. That's hilarious. 
Oh my gosh. You know what? It's it's fucking it's like just on Triple H and as uh, as far as like I don't know, just like what people realize is real and what's acceptable these days. Like I think it's still ridiculous that China is not in the Hall of Fame, and yet they just went ahead and like they have Paige on TV. She's a SmackDown general manager now because like if they're just concerned with people googling somebody's name and finding porn, Paige is a lot more porn. <laughs> like a more lot recent. yeah and like really recent and like you know ugh. with other people still on the roster right it's... yeah i don't know like it's just it's such a fucking stupid and flimsy excuse and i hate it yeah anyway i'll move on from china because yeah. like all right so going back to all in one other thing i yeah. want to talk about specifically that i think is going to be really exciting and really cool the only announced match so far is that Cody Rhodes is going to be challenging oh, yes. the NWA champion, Nick Aldis, for the 10 pounds of gold. Well, as of right now, Nick Aldis, right? I think the, the announced match is just him versus whoever is NWA champion mm-hmm. at that time. But yeah. I think Nick Aldis will still be champion. But It's it's just weird. That's the way I've been reading it, is people mm-hmm. are saying, like, him versus the NWA champion, who happens to be Nick Aldis right now. So mm-hmm. I just didn't know if that's how they were wording it, but yeah. Mm-hmm. I guess right because they have to keep the kayfabe of like, oh, well, because Nick Aldis is still defending it before then. Yes. So you have to keep the idea of like, well, one of these guys might win. Yeah. But I, I, you know what? I have a very strong gut feeling that Cody might win this. Oh, well, I mean, it, 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 it would just be too perfect, right? Like, mm-hmm. not only is Nick Aldis a great opponent for him, mm-hmm. but... Uh, you've got Cody getting the 10 pounds of gold. How great would that be? I mean, mm-hmm. has any, I would have to look up if any other father son have won it. Not that belt. I don't think. Cause like one of the only other belts I can think of where that's happened is like, you know, the intercontinental belt with like a uh, Curtis and yeah, Curtis Mr. and Mr. Perfect. Perfect. But yeah, I think this would be the only time ever. And that'd be like, like a fucking amazing story. Right. Right and like and Co- I was about to call him Corey. Wow, <laughs> Corey! Shout out to Corey, yeah, uh, our friend. Uh, <laughs> uh, Cody promoting his own show like his father used to. Mm-hmm. Like, and dude, I you know that Cody I think would be all about like going around as the NWA champion, promoting the hell out of that. Probably trying to put on maybe some more shows after this one. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking, you know, like. Well, especially if you have the hookup of the NWA, mm-hmm. then you got Billy Corgan's money behind it. You don't have to put your, you don't have to put as much money into it, maybe. So yeah, shit. I mean, I don't know exactly how much Billy Corgan's already been involved with like the All In process and whatnot, but like, hey, you just take like the All In folks of like Cody Rhodes and the Young Bucks and you just marry that with Billy Corgan. Who knows what sort of some sort of stuff could come out of this? Like, and it seems like there's already a working relationship between Ring of Honor and nwa with corgan mm-hmm. so yeah i mean i mean that'd be fucking i'd be so excited i'd be so stoked because like I this mean, is it, already like this is already a fucking historic event just for the fact that it you know it set that number and is like the first thing to really be challenging wwe in that way like obviously this is just like another big step and it's not saying like oh wwe's dead and here's a competitor but like you know this is a really big sign that shows that it can be done or that it, oh, there's there's some of the analysts <laughs> I listen to, um, like the guys at uh, Post Wrestling, uh, formerly Live Auto Re- Audio Wrestling. I mean, 
the one guy, John Pollock, is not a guy to exaggerate. Like, he doesn't sit there and go, this is the greatest thing ever. Like, he said, he was like, legit, if you think about this, they are the number two promotion in the United States now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, all, all in. in <laughs> alone. All in is the second biggest promotion in the United States. Like Because of how much mm-hmm. they sold, how fast, all that great stuff. Yeah, and you know what? It Like, it's... I mean, I don't know if this is exactly how it would go, but because Billy Corgan's always kind of really wanted to have a promotion, and he really kind of tried for TNA for a long time, but TNA kept fucking him over. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Now that he's got the NW to NWA, and if he signs he's got, with Cody... he's got full control of NWA, mm-hmm. too. He can do whatever he wants. You know? I could see it over the next couple of years, man. If they start with the Solon show and we start going up in the, with partnerships with, like, Ring of Honor, maybe some partnerships with, like, New Japan whatever's well, left of like impact or something like that like, i was actually you know you, you mentioning that like the nwa partnership with the ring of honor and then look at that new japan talent all on the same show this reminds right. me Rokata's of god is there yeah this reminds me of um back when who was it i think it was taz had to get the ecw championship off of was it mike awesome who's about to jump ship to wcw and so there was like a triple threat match at an ECW show that had Taz was already in the WWE, mm-hmm. but they were loaning him out. So it was like an ECW superstar, a WCW superstar, and a WWE superstar all in the same match. I got to I got to look it yeah. up what it was. But like that's what this event kind of reminds me of. It brings me back to that that time. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, yeah, it's it's super fucking exciting. I mean, I can't wait for it. I, I'm wondering, do we know, if is it going to be televised at all? They are talking about it. They haven't said anything definite, but... Um, like, maybe would they would it be like an Honor Club sort of thing? Are they going to team up with Ring of Honor? I wonder. Um, maybe. but Or at least maybe the, the company that uh, does Ring of Honor's broadcasting. Mm-hmm. I could see that. Yeah, I mean, because I would definitely be down to... I'm excited to watch this show. I'm so excited. I'm so glad this show is happening. Like, it it almost doesn't feel real, right? On some level. Because, mm-hmm. like, it, you know, especially for me, like, having come into wrestling, like, I guess, shit, now it's been, like, pretty close to 10 years or so, almost. It's getting there. Um, You know, it, it, like, I just grew up in the land of, like, there is no alternative to WWE. Like, there just wasn't. And then now it's just like things have changed so much. And, you know, at the time, it which it felt like, oh, it's like, oh, well, this is never going to change. Like, WWE is the monopoly, and that's just it forever. Yeah. And you know what? I I definitely feel like I see in my head a vision that's like, you know, 10 years from now, like, I would see that it's like NWA, potentially, something or something like that, like some amalgamation of New Japan and Ring of Honor and other independents could rival WWE. They just have to be smart. That's been the biggest mm-hmm. thing, right? Like TNA, now Impact, whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. their biggest mistake all this time has been their want for a longer while, for a very long time to be WWE light. Mm-hmm. And they're realizing now, I think now they're kind of on an upswing because they have smarter guys like Don Callis and mm-hmm. um, I'm blanking on the other guy's name. They they basically have better bookers of the show now that are just going no we're just going to do us, 
And any time a company has done that, mm-hmm. they've been able to give WWE a run for their money. Well, you and know I think... Go ahead. I was just going to say, I think that's what All In is doing right. Mm-hmm. Well, I was going to say, you know what the really key difference between what WWE is doing, what everybody, or at least a lot of these other groups that are becoming successful are doing? Mm-hmm. The other groups are listening to the fans. Because the fans, in all of our podcasts, in all of our fucking online chatter... In our like, we're telling the wrestling world what we want, and WWE is like has such a giant cushion as far as like their fail safe net and their just loyalty as far as like being the name and wrestling goes. They have the luxury of not being able, of being able to not listen to the fans, right? Yes. Vince now can this just put on the show that he wants to, and he'll still make a lot of money, even though he could make a lot more money if he listened and really tried. Yes, so this is a great tie-in to another piece of news that we got this week. Mm-hmm. Um, crap, crap, trying to get to this article. So if you haven't heard yet, WWE is on the brink of signing a new uh, TV deal. Mm-hmm. And now they're, they're separating uh, Raw and SmackDown. So NBC Universal is only picking up Raw again. Mm-hmm. And it's for something like three times the amount of money that they did it before. Holy shit. Yes. Um, Why? It it draws <laughs> consistent ratings. And that's literally... I mean, uh, consistently not great ratings, though. Compared to most shows, it's at least consistent. It doesn't drop down dramatically. But three drop... times the amount? Holy shit. Um, that's insane. I mean, I guess at this point, like, do you think people are just that paranoid about, like, the medium of TV dying, period? That they're like, hey, anything so. that will get consistent ratings, we'll keep it? Because, like, WWE has that, like, built-in longevity that it'll just, it's like going to be there forever. The live TV ratings. I think that's the mm-hmm. big thing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Because I think there's still a large amount, like, you and I don't watch it live. Uh, I, yeah, anymore. I haven't watched it live in years. Um, but I still think there's a large portion of the wrestling audience that does because it's just in it's in our blood now. Like we sit down to watch Raw Monday nights or sit down to watch SmackDown on Tuesday nights. Well, you know what? At this point, is it? I mean, I could be wrong, but isn't it? It's mostly just old people who still watch it like that. Because, like, I mean, is there anything that you watch live anymore? Like, uh, like on TV? Sports. That's about it. Sports. But like all those things, you also I don't probably, see... you could watch online. I'm assuming, right? Oh yeah, like I could I could DVR the Eagles game mm-hmm. and watch it later. I just find that pointless to do. So if I miss a game, I don't watch it. But if I make the time and I sit down and I wa- I watch the game live, that's oh, what no, I mean. Like I mean, like is there like an app or anything like that you can watch them live or? Oh yeah, yeah. So I don't know. Like I just it's just one of those things where like the whole that medium that. The whole concept of like everything having to be watched live is just dying. Definitely, it's definitely more. It's easier to watch things live now mm-hmm. because of things like apps and stuff. But there's just the uh, like people don't want to sit through commercials. Um, and you know what? Now that I think about it, I'll tell you this: the only reason I watch those sports live a lot is because I get together with friends and watch them. Yeah, because it's like a social event. Yeah. Otherwise, you'd probably like wait till sometime when you've got some free time and then watch maybe like two games or something like that, and then just fast forward through the commercials. Yeah, like because um, then everything's on on demand. 
pretty much the only things I watched live were just me or maybe only me and Aaron is probably like the soccer games. Hmm. Like right now, just because I, I mean, I have season tickets to the union, so I'm in, I'm invested in that. I like, mm-hmm. I, I have an investment in them technically. So that's, yeah. And that's the only reason why I would say. Yeah. Well, it's just, it's, yeah, it's just fucking interesting just how like all those sort of mediums are changing, right? With like the evolving marketplace of the internet. And so I think that's why this plays into how well WWE did in this TV deals. So Raw's live, so NBC's going, we're, we're going all in nah. <laughs> on <laughs> Raw. And then they're looking to spread, WWE is looking to spread their investments with Fox possibly picking up SmackDown in order to promote things like their online stuff. Mm-hmm. So. But you're, yeah. you're totally right with cables going out the way. Like, Aaron and I have already decided in this... in place we're buying we're not gonna have cable we're only gonna have internet that's all we need yeah i mean I've, i haven't had cable in like five years now do you guys have any form of like the live tv stuff through hulu or anything or um i mean like we have hulu and netflix like subscriptions and stuff on okay the internet so we have yeah like, we have stuff yeah but yeah we just don't have like the actual cable connection to the tv yes because, yeah, like, I don't know, it's just it just feels like an outdated mode of technology for me. It's also a more expensive mode for what we can do online for much less or free. Exactly. Yeah, it's like it's outdated in every sense. Because it's more expensive, it's bulkier, it's, like, not as convenient. Like, every single thing is... And, it, it, it like, it gives you so much, like, extra just bullshit to sift through. Because, like, all right, if I want to go... And watch a certain show on like, like it doesn't. You don't have to do the channel surfing thing, right? Yeah, where you're just surfing through all the like the bullshit. Because like I think that was like the breaking point I think for me with TV was then there's like there's so many fucking channels and it's like what like there's so much shit, but none of it is anything I want to watch. This is stupid. Yeah, and like, uh, we're looking into we we might just do like because Hulu has like the live TV portion that you mm-hmm. can do now but and that's like a tenth of the channels of what like my parents use for cable right now at like 40 bucks a month mm-hmm. so like five times less than what they pay for cable and then like Aaron and I are also looking at uh, PlayStation has their live TV stuff but they have like a little more customizable packages mm. so you can pick the channels that you want yep it's finally happening because, like, that was the, always the thing I think was, like, keeping cable right there. Because, like, there's always just a couple channels that you want. But then it's, like, you have to just get the giant packages because that's how it works. Yeah. But then right once somebody introduced the concept of, like, nope, you can finally just pick what you want. <laughs> All right. That model's dead then. Yeah. It's like, it's weird, right, when, like, business kind of evolves in that way. And, like, now wrestling is kind of evolving where it's, like, you know, it... Because I think for the long time there was the problem of like in WWE you only get wrestle uh, storytelling like kind of shitty storytelling but then not good like technical wrestling, and then now out in the independence like for a long time it was like oh you get this really great technical wrestling but no storytelling but like the storytelling has been coming back a lot more, and mm-hmm. so now there's a bigger and growing contingent of fans is like wait I can get everything I want in my wrestling from a different product exactly, 
and then it's act like it actually is becoming like a whole new everything that I want. And yeah. people are shifting over to that style of wrestling because, yeah. like, they're just doing it better. Frankly, like New Japan's doing it better in a lot of instances. Like, even though it's got its problems, Ring of Honor does it better sometimes. Like yes. NXT is clearly doing it better than the main roster, I think. Yeah, and it, and it's interesting. Like NXT is the exception to the rule of all these mm-hmm. places. Like you just mentioned, New Japan, uh, All In, Impact, Ring of Honor. They have to rely more on the fans enjoying their product to make money. Whereas, as we just said, WWE is about to make three times what they've made before just from Raw alone. Mm-hmm. Because these cable companies, these broadcast companies are just happy with their ratings and not that the fans are upset or mm-hmm. are hating the product, anything like that. Yeah, because it's like they just, they have such, I mean, the, the reality is even though All In is still a really big historic moment, like WWE is still the monopoly in America, period, and they will be for a while. Yeah. Um, so they have that giant cushion of the fact that they can, like, because Vince McMahon, it's it's very interesting. Like, he he's a very easily analyzed creature in certain ways, right? He completely thrives on competition. Like, his thrill was never, like, even in the Attitude Era, he did not give, like, in my opinion, he did not give a shit about putting on a good show. Even then, even when he was putting on the best shows he ever did, he never gave a shit about that. He cared about beating Ted Turner and WCW. That's what he cared about. And he yes. had to put on a good show to make enough money to beat them. Yeah, That's what he cared about. And then once he defeated his enemy, like, he, he's actually kind of like a weirdly tragic character. Because, like, his entire purpose was gone. Like, he had nobody to fight against anymore because he had killed his foe. So then he's just kind of been, like, wallowing in his grief, I think, since then. And just, like, weirdly, exi- like, it's almost like this weird existential crisis of, like, he had, he like he has no point anymore. So that he just kind of, like, does stupid shit on his wrestling show that he still has. Because it's like, mm-hmm. well, I guess this, this is what I'm supposed to do now. But he doesn't care. But Because he, he doesn't... He just cares about crushing his competition, and he doesn't have any. Yeah, and I mean, at first, in the uh, in him going against WCW, it was for survival, right? Because WCW is winning, mm-hmm. and so Vince's first into in- instinct was to just survive. And then when he started winning, then it was like, okay, now I need to crush the competition. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No matter what Bruce Pritchard says on his podcast. <laughs> yeah, I, I haven't taken a listen to that at all. Have you listened to that thing that they have on the network? No, I, I listened to his podcast version. Is it is it different? Yes, they okay. they do do separate uh, things. A lot of times they'll have they'll have a little more visual stuff, and then uh, what should I call it? Uh, they'll just add a little more. Like Bruce will give a a little extra story or something like that for the network version. I see. Gotcha. Gotcha. But yeah, I don't know. It, it's a, it's interesting times in wrestling. For Definitely. Sure. Um, what do you think here with this, this whole buildup coming into money in the bank? Cause that's our big next show for WWE. Is it me or is it just flat? It's, it's been, yeah, it's been kind of flat so far. Um, just because, like, I feel like there's not a lot of it. 
it, you know what? These guys don't feel like they really want it, right? It just kind of feels like, oh, we're just having these standard qualification matches. But, like, there doesn't seem to be, like, a lot of urgency or, um, like, a big... I don't know. It just, yeah, it feels kind of flat. It's it's hard to put a point on it, though. And I think, like, being over in England was just bad timing for this, right? Because we, we had the flat show last week, I'll say. And then this week... I mean, tape shows are always flat shows. I feel like WWE's never put effort into a tape show. So yeah, they they definitely put I feel like significantly less into tape shows sometimes. Um, hmm. At least as far as like certain angles, there were certain things that I did I thought were really good out of this. Like I thought Owens put on a really great performance this week on Raw. Yes, like having the match with Rollins and then also having the uh, qualification match for Money in the Bank. I just you know what. You know what it feels like to me as far as like where it is flat? It feels like they there is no clear direction as far as like where they seem to want to go with a lot of these different storylines. And it's not just because like, oh, they're trying to swerve us and maybe there's a couple different options. Like it just feels like nobody fucking knows what they want to do. Because mm-hmm. that you've got like Bailey and Sasha who are like off and on feuding every other week. Jesus Christ, for how long have they been doing that? Like, like just fucking commit one way or the other. <laughs> It's the longest will they, won't they of any show ever. So you've got that going on. You've got the uh, Nakamura and AJ Styles had yet another match just on SmackDown for some reason. And guess what happened? To determine their fucking stipulation. Like, what the fuck? And guess what happened? Someone got kicked in the nuts. Would would you believe it? (laughs) Oh, man. Like, as if that's not happened. So, you know, it's like that's just kind of like on. And then that's going to have yet another match at Money the Bank. So, like, that's kind of, like, in a weird rut. Like, both of the tag team pictures are kind of in this weird rut right now because, like, you know, there's no clear challenger on Raw. And over on SmackDown, like, the tag teams aren't really challenging for the titles anymore. Like, the champions are just kind of saying, like, we want somebody to come play with us, please. (laughs) And nobody will come play with them. (laughs) Please come out and play. Please, we have the shiny titles. Please (laughs) play with us. And then they're just like, nah, you know, we're just going to fight to try and uh, be in singles matches at Money in the Bank. Yep. Instead. Which, uh, you know what, uh, brings me to my question. Who, out of New Day, who, who Ooh. is going to be entering Ooh. Money in the Bank, do you think? It's got to be Big E, right? I think it's got to be Big E. Because, like, even though Woods got the pin in their match to earn who's going to be going in, like, Big E was the other guy that was in the match. And there's been rumors of Biggie getting that push float around. Mm-hmm. And like that's just that's WWE style, right? Is like I feel like Biggie is the only one that they would even give that sort of chance to. But I don't know. My other thought was that maybe they would give it to Kofi, just like from a seniority perspective of like if they weren't gonna have whoever New Day member is win, then just throw Kofi in because then he can do a crazy ladder spot. And they're already gonna have um at least at this point, they've got Strowman. In there, as far as big guy, they've got Rusev in there. Um, and then either Samoa Joe or Big Cass. So that's another big guy. Yeah. Um, I, I think just to change it up too, right? Because wouldn't you think that it's going to be Kofi, right? Because he's been in all those ladder matches. Mm-hmm. But then like every once in a while, New Day does tend to run like these at least, like, kind of in their backstage promos, they'll t- always, like, get behind Kofi and say that someday Kofi should be world champion. So maybe this could be, like, another instance of them being like, you know what, fuck it. 
like, you know, Biggie and Woods are going to, like, come down to the ringside and maybe try to help Kofi uh-huh. become Mr. Money in the Bank. I I would be super down for that. I mean, either him or Biggie. Actually, or Woods. I fucking love all three of them. Like, <laughs> I don't care who they throw in. I just want them to win. Like, I'm looking at this field of guys, and, like, that's who I want to win this. Isn't that kind of sad? Well, not entirely, because there's one or two other options that I think could be really good. Like, I would love to see Owens win it, but I don't. I just don't think that's going to happen. Like, I think there's uh-huh. going to be more of a thing with Owens and Zayn continuing to build. I would love to see potentially Miz win it again. I think he could kind of use that, right? Like, something else to hold on to, because, like... I you know it it would be interesting and it would be cool to maybe try and see him go after the WWE title again at some point here and that if he got through it or got to it through Money in the Bank that's kind of the way that it makes sense for Miz to get there right mm-hmm. and it's been a long time and he's come a long way since then and I think this would kind of like cleanse the palate for me as far as like that whole run because like the first time when he got Money in the Bank and he had the title he was not ready for it I don't care what anybody says. He sucked. He sucked hard. Um, and that's all there is to say about that. And this would be kind of like a nice reset of like, all right, cool. We can tell that's because like, all right, think about it this way. This would be a great way to even because if they're not going to go right into the Miz and Daniel Bryan storyline, if you got Daniel Bryan to somehow get the title by like, say, well, I guess with if Miz has the money in the bank, you could do it whenever. Uh-huh. But Miz comes in and cashes in on Daniel Bryan, and then Daniel Bryan works back to get the Great title from Miz. Me. Like, I'd like to see that. I mean, I'll I'll be screaming at my TV about what a piece of shit the Miz is when Fuck he does you. it, because I will have a legit heel reaction. But then a legit heel reaction too, right? Like mm-hmm. not just because you hate the Miz, <laughs> right? Because it's just it's just a fucking scummy thing to do, right? And it like, would fit the Miz's character mm-hmm. perfectly. Yep. And then eventually to see Daniel Bryan finally get that come up and back on Miz and just beat the shit out of him and take back the title. Uh, like, yes. That could be a WrestleMania match. Just saying. Better booking bureau. Better booking bureau strikes again. <laughs> Giving you the answers. Although that would hinge heavily upon whether Daniel Bryan wants to stick around because rumor is he still is not signed a contract to stay with WWE. Oh. And, uh, you know, rumor was, did you hear of when his date would be up? No, I did not. around September 1st-ish. Really? Uh Uh-huh. So, I mean, the show's already sold out, but, I mean, All all In could still maybe be an option for him. I'm not sure. Yeah, I heard a great uh, comment on that. Like, at this point, the show is sold out, right? So as long mm-hmm. as all the wrestlers that they're getting on the show are reasonably priced, mm-hmm. like Cody and the Young Bucks don't have to spend that much more money. Right. They, they're sold out. They're good. Exactly. So now they just they want to put on a great show. Yeah. Yeah. And, I, and it already seems like they've got a great cast, right? Because they've already got like them. Obviously, they've got Okada. They've uh-huh. got... Okada. I think a couple of the other Japanese guys are going to come too. So they've got, I think, Mysterio, right? Yes. Like, yeah. Uh, Pentagon. Pentagon. Phoenix. Probably eventually Flip Gordon. Like, that's been one of my other favorite storylines going into this is Flip Gordon constantly trying to get booked. Yes. 
for a long time at least until they announced the Nick Aldis thing, which I'm really glad they're doing that for Cody instead. But for a while, I was thinking that might have actually been a really interesting match for all in for Cody. Was like, you know what? If he had a match with Flip Gordon, that'd be great. Uh, Cole Cabana's podcast, uh, he had about he got put into the main event of an ROH show recently because Flip Gordon missed it. <laughs> oh. His flight got uh, delayed. Oh, poor guy. Yeah. Of course. Such a good guy, Flip. <laughs> like. He, he said he walked into the building as soon as Colt Cabana's music was playing. <laughs> he should have done a run-in. Yeah. Colt was giving him shit. He was like, man, I had to do a flip, like, because people <laughs> are expecting you. Like, So he did, like, a moonsault. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Ooh, although, speaking of uh, people having expectations for things to go differently... I don't know. Bad transition. But Roman Reigns gets booed even when attacking Jinder Mahal. Yes. Like, Jinder Mahal, the newest babyface of the roster. Yeah. Man, like... Well, how fucking heelish was that? Like, I know. Like, I was just watching this. was like, they're asking for this. Like... Yeah. Like, bad writing on both Roman Reigns' part and Jinder's part. Yeah, this is so to give a little preview of um, some alt raw. I have written in for the next week to capitalize even further on this because, like, all right, fine, we're gonna go down the rabbit hole. We're gonna turn Roman Reigns heel. Let's we're fucking do fucking it. We're gonna go down this rabbit hole. Let's do it, guys. So, I would have booked next week that Roman Reigns challenges them to a match, and instead of fighting Jinder Mahal, he actually fights Sunil Singh and just fucking kills that little dude. And like to the point where he's fucking beating the shit out of him goes for the pin for like one two and then picks him up before the ref can count three like (laughs) just kills him he gets put onto a stretcher roman like flips the stretcher over yeah like yeah you're not fucking leaving out of this thing bitch like yeah referee stoppage oh yeah i want it to be bloody and nasty and you know what like if you actually do it right you could probably accidentally turn gender legitimate babyface if he actually shows enough like sympathy and caring for sunil dying Mm-hmm. Which would actually be a really interesting potential turn of events. It'd be a double turn. Because, I mean, it totally yeah. was on Monday. Like, You know what? <laughs> Fuck it. Why not? Jinder Mahal has a better chance of being a babyface than Roman Reigns at this point. <laughs> but, like, Jinder, who could have, as a heel, should have just been like, no, my ribs hurt. I should get just an automatic qualification into the match. Like, tried to argue that. No. Tries to make it out to the ring. And then yeah. Roman Reigns spears him through the most fake wall I have ever seen <laughs> my entire life. Like, it breaks down. And I was like, that's a fucking hallway. <laughs> yeah, like, he just... It's so weird. Like, are they trying to go for the double turn, or are they just so unaware of reality? They like, have, it's so aware now. Like, they, it has to be. Like, them knowing what they're doing, right? Or is I'm just... I mean, but, like, all right, we we say this so many times where we're just like, they can't. Like, there's no way they don't understand. But then, like, they don't. It's like somehow they legitimately just don't. So, I don't know. I think maybe, because part of the problem, too, right, is that, like, Vince McMahon is the one who's in charge of this. And deep down, in a certain way, Vince McMahon is, like, a deeply sociopathic person. Yeah. So, for him, a baby face is somebody who would just, like, attack someone in a hallway 
who's bravely trying to come down to the match because this man has wronged me before. Kick down. Well, he 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 wronged Roman Reigns a couple weeks ago, so now whatever you do back to him is okay. Is okay, yeah. Like it's this weird psychotic mentality, right? Where it's like you you hurt me first, so now I can kill you. Like there's no restraint. And yeah, like that's that's Vince McMahon's mentality, and that's therefore what comes across in his quote unquote baby faces. And like and oh, like I I can't believe this. They're trying to do the whole like he's being screwed by management storyline too. Like they're trying to do that at the same time. Yeah. Like they're doing this obviously weird heel shit, and then they're trying to do this like obviously supposed to be babyface stuff of like, oh somehow Kurt Angle and management really are screwing you because best for business. And it's like. I, I don't know, man. I give up. Roman Reigns just needs to turn heel. We've said it a million times. Yeah, Stone Cold said it this week, too. Thank God Stone Cold finally fucking said it. Maybe Vince will listen to Stone Cold. <laughs> one of his, well, I'm sorry, his biggest drawing champion. Like, not one of, the biggest. Yeah. I mean, shit. If, you, if you're not going to listen to Stone Cold... Is is there anybody on this planet that he would listen to? Triple H. I don't know. I think it would have to be Shawn Michaels, wouldn't it? I think he's always loved Shawn far more, right? Like, that's... Possibly. Oh, I, I, I think it's undisputed he loves Shawn more. But I... Can he let Shawn get away with the crazy shit? Triple H, take all the blame for that curtain call. That's and true. he's been yes. fucking his daughter. Like you, you never really get over that. I don't think, as a father, I don't think you ever get over somebody fucking your daughter. But Shawn Michaels, I don't think has ever had sex with Stephanie McMahon, right? No. So he's in the clear. So I think if if you could convince your idol, your favorite person in the whole world, Shawn Michaels, you just need to convince him that Roman Reigns needs to turn heel, and to convince Vince on our behalf. I think you you probably listen. All right, I'm tasking you with that, Joe. You have to convince Shawn Michaels. <laughs> all right, I'm gonna take a trip down to Florida on behalf of all of the wrestling community. I mean, if you guys want to pay for my plane ticket down there, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, yeah, of course, somebody's got to help us get in touch with uh, Mr. Shawn Michaels. Uh, I'm just gonna walk into the performance center. Oh, you're just going to walk right in? Yeah. All right. I like it. That's yeah. WWE style, right? Yeah, just walk in. You know what? I bet you at WWE you have a better chance of getting hired at that place if you just walk in the front door and demand a job rather than actually like apply for a job. <laughs> it's so true. Oh, my God. It's uh, If you ever want to listen to two really good interviewer interviews about uh, the announcing culture in WWE... Uh, Tom Phillips was on Sam Roberts podcast last week mm. and just about how like basically WWE according to him when he was like first hired WWE was like oh yeah you just come in one day a week to like record your stuff and stuff like that and so he's like great I'm getting paid all this money to work like a single day a week no 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 they just secretly expect you to they schedule you one day a week, but then you're supposed to, on your own, figure out that you have to come in more than that and work harder. Hmm. 
And so he, like, said how, like, he was in trouble at first because, like, he was only coming in when he was told to. Like, and so Mm -hmm. that just blows my mind. Um, And then Arda Ocal, if you remember him, he was um, Kyle Edwards. He was a backstage interviewer for a little bit in WWE. Uh, He's from Canada. He was on Post Wrestling's uh, podcast and did a great interview about his time in WWE and what went on uh, backstage. And it's just Mm -hmm. crazy, like, what they expect and what can get you in trouble and what it's it's nuts. Yeah, well, it's like, I guess he, culturally, like, right, he expects everybody to be like him, like, just an absolute workaholic. Yeah. Like, you just eat, breathe, sleep, WWE, like, everything. But, like, so Arthur's story was, the, the craziest part was, so he did a wrestling podcast or show i'm sorry for uh one of the the canadian tv networks Mm -hmm. and at first they started out as kind of like us talking like about writers and storylines and stuff like that well then wwe was being broadcasted by that same channel so they they found out about it and they were just like hey like we don't want you to stop doing the show but like could you just make it more storyline oriented and arda was like oh yeah no problem like and so they just started talking about like they didn't talk about writers and stuff, but they just talked about what they liked and didn't like and made it a little more kayfabe. Mm-hmm. And so Art is like, great, this is going to help me get in the door. No, no, no. He got told later when he got hired. No, it was when you went away and worked for the Weather Channel that we got more interested in you. Hmm. And he was just like, what? That doesn't make like, don't you want to get people that are like, talking about your stuff or working in a similar field? Like, not me doing the weather. <laughs> like. I don't know. That's weird. Yeah. So two great interviews to check out. If, you, if you're ever interested about working for WWE, listen to those two, and it'll probably convince you not to. Yeah, it's like, you know, the, the least appealing thing about working for WWE is the fact that Vince McMahon runs that company. Like, <laughs> I don't think I could ever work for that guy. Like, he's, he's a fucking legitimate lunatic. Like, I would love to fucking help legit, like... I would love it if our ideas could just get filtered directly into the creative meetings for those shows. And we don't have to be there. Yeah, and just like that we wouldn't have to or like if we could be there with everybody else, fine like minus Vince. Yeah. Maybe maybe this is the route's like, all right, we need to like try and be like, all right, Triple H. We need to try and talk to you. Cause we would like to get in on this company like once you're in charge. Cause we love what you're doing down in NXT. And you seem to be a lot more sane than all Vince. <laughs> You're a little less psycho. Yeah, it's like you, you still might be like an egomaniac and like a weird kind of dude. But at least you seem to be able to respect uh, wrestlers and people's ability to help put on a good wrestling show. Yes. So props for those things. Because, I mean, hell, that's, that's at the end of the day, as far as, like, the management and the WWE company, like, they should just help instead of get in the way. Yeah. And it sounds I, so simple, right? I think that's just the unfortunate reality of Vince McMahon in WWE for a while now, is that he gets in the way more than he helps. At mm. least as far as, like, the creative side. I mean, I'm, I'm sure I would assume that on a lot of other ends, he probably is very helpful. But 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's no bueno. In my opinion. No bueno. But Did, like, this was a this was a good week of this. We, we didn't talk about WWE a lot. That was way more enjoyable. Yeah. Um. I mean, what I, I do have to say, I thought like the little two hundred five live versus the UK guys special was like a nice. That was great. That was pretty. Cool. Oh, and NXT was fantastic this week. Yeah, and NXT was great. Like it would have been cool to see Pete Dunne also on the two hundred five live special, but like, uh-huh. yeah, we got to see him on NXT. So all yeah. right, fair enough. And also, great uh, Tommaso Ciampa segment. Yeah, oh my gosh, that segment with Candice was amazing. Like, in the same way yeah. we were talking about, like, with Dakota Kai helping to establish Shayna Baszler's mm-hmm. character. Uh, that was another great one, too. Mm-hmm. I, I, just watch all of NXT this week. It's, it's just all good. <laughs> yeah, but in that same way, right here, like, Candice LeRae helps establish Tommaso's Champa, Tommaso Champa's character, like, like, in an amazing way. Because we get to see yeah. just how despicable he is, right? Yeah. Like, how were you, did you think he was going to touch her at all? I thought he was going to at least threaten it, which I was going to be, like, really excited for. Like, I thought he was going to, like, maybe try to grab her. Because mm-hmm. that would have been just like, oh, man, that's dastardly. You're going to grab a woman? And he didn't even have to touch her. And he didn't even have to touch her. It was so good. Well, because she did the whole storytelling, right? Of, like, expressing. Yeah. It's like, I've seen you, and I know that you weren't this before, but, like, I don't even recognize you now. I'm trying to yeah. what 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 was her line exactly like that he's a monster now? Or uh something? you're a monster now and also well her biggest one was Johnny's no matter how much you think you're breaking Johnny, you're the one that's broken. Yeah, that was really good too. Yep. This was this is a really excellent segment. Mm-hmm. Gotta give it to them. And then yeah, Pete Dunn and Oni Lorkin and Who's the third guy? Uh, Danny Birch. Danny Birch, sorry. Uh, against Undisputed. Undisputed it was great. Yeah. But yeah, so yeah, NXT was great this week, but then, yeah, I felt like a lot of the rest of the show was kind of lacking because, like, there was the, like we said, Owens, I think, put in a good performance on Raw. Mm-hmm. Roman had the weird shit with Jinder Mahal. We yeah. got uh, the B team coming in. Uh, yeah, they already kind of did this before, right? When they were the social outcasts. So we'll see how the B team goes. Um. Oh, one other thing I thought was like a really great little line that I thought was I, I'm wondering if it was written or if it was improvised, but like when Zayn was talking shit about Lashley, and he was saying about how it's like, look, Lashley just wants to be me. He even wears my same hat. <laughs> like calling him out for the fucking hat. I love that. Yeah. Ooh. Um. I do remember, I just wrote this down. The main event, or was it the main event? Was Drew and Dolph versus Braun and Finn? Were they in the main event for... No, they weren't the main event on Raw. But in my uh, mind... main event of Raw Oh, that was, was, the, that was Owens qualifying. Yeah, Lashley yeah. and, oh, and Elias... Or, sorry, Lashley versus Elias versus Owens. This was a really excellent match. I liked this match a lot. Yeah. I liked that, that was Dolph probably... was finally looking like a contender again on some level. I liked that Drew and Braun, like... I thought they looked pretty good together. Like, I think they could have... Fairly even, right? Yeah, like, Drew looks like one of the handful of guys that could believably maybe beat Braun Strowman. Yeah. Like, it has to be the right day. You don't have to be bulky to go up against Braun. You just have to be the... He's got the height. Well, it's like, it's the right height of... It's the right combination of height and bulk. Because I'm wondering... I'm not sure if we've seen... Have we seen Big Cass versus... Oh, yeah, we did see Cass versus Strowman at uh, Greatest Royal Rumble. They were the last two in there, but, like... 
Because looking at those two, like, Cass does not look like a believable threat against Braun Strowman to me. But Drew yeah. McIntyre does. Yeah. Well, Drew, Drew's just got this presence now, too, that he got from the independents. He's got that intensity. Yeah. Yeah, he's got that one well, from the indies, right? All that time, he's got that massive chip on his shoulder now. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I fucking love it. I thought this week was great for both of those guys, and I would like to see more of that. And I think if you, especially in the same way that, like, you know, as many criticisms as we have for Roman, Braun Strowman getting over the way that he did was largely a part of his feud with Roman. And I think in a very similar way, I think that uh, Drew McIntyre could possibly get a lot more over if they do some more building of this feud with Braun. Mm -hmm. Like, I think that could really help elevate his game. So I hope they do some more of that because I, I liked the, the ground they were setting there for that. And apparently the whole uh, destroying of the trophy was not planned. spot where like oh, really? uh, Strowman knocked yeah where Strowman knocked a Drew McIntyre into the trophy from what I hear that was not supposed to happen <laughs> well I think they played it off really well then yeah totally although it's one of those things where it's like it's almost hard to believe right because it's like in WWE isn't that the role of every trophy oh yeah or every it's, cake it's or just any, meant to get broken everything is just meant to be broken um but yeah so that was there Ooh, here's another one I wanted to get your opinion on. A weird sort of thing. What do you think of Ronda Rousey already getting the title match against Nia Jax? I think it's a little too soon. I think it's way um, too soon. Uh, the two of them... Like, they're just not gonna... I, I'm afraid of that match. Nia isn't ready to carry people. I don't think... Especially someone as green as Ronda is. So... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think this. I hope they practice this a lot and figure out how to do this match because this this does not seem like a good natural fit, right? Mm-hmm. And also from like a booking perspective too, like where the what the fuck do you do with this? Because like Nia Jax yeah. is a babyface right now, just overcoming this big like. Oh, it's it's gonna switch. Nia is gonna have to be heel. Well, here's my other pitch, and I'm wondering if this is the direction you're going. Do you think that they would? Do you think they would have Ronda go heel? I don't think so. I think you'd be better off having Nia go heel. I mean, I would think so, maybe. But hear me out. Because if Ronda goes heel, and like the other two horsewomen, they just recently came down to the Performance Center, right? If you start to build up a little bit more of like the horsewomen faction, like because in my head, I have this booked idea of like something that would be a really great SummerSlam match. If, say, Ronda Rousey is the women's champion... Mm-hmm. And you've still got Shayna Baszler as like the NXT Women's Champion. What if we had a tag team match with Ronda and Shayna versus Bailey and Sasha? As far as like we're going to take down the former champions and two of the other horsewomen of WWE, and have this be like you know Baszler's first time on the main roster match. Like and at this point, be. Ronda Rousey's kind of been like dominating the roster as like the heel champion i don't know if there would be a thing with stephanie mcmahon that would also be kind of like a weird dumb like them going back on the storyline they just told because yeah. it's like in my head it's like all right they could either betray the storyline they've told of like nia Jax overcoming bullying to then just immediately turn heel and be a bully or they could do a storyline of ronda rousey like aligning with stephanie mcmahon 
after she just beat up Stephanie McMahon uh-huh. at WrestleMania. But I don't know. I, I feel like at the same time, you could you turn Ronda Rousey heel and just have her be vicious and beat the shit out of Nia Jax? Because like in my head, like if they were going to turn her heel, it would have to be like she aligned with Stephanie McMahon or something when she wins the title. Like it's one of the few ways, right? Yeah, it's this is a fucking weird. Like, why did they book themselves into this corner? They didn't have to either. Yeah, they had other options. Because this is it's at Money in the Bank, right? Yeah, this is at Money in the Bank. Like Money in the Bank, you don't need the star power of like Ronda. It's gonna sell fine. Yeah, it's like you know what they they could have still had like some other women's matches if like you know what fuck it still put Ronda mm-hmm. in a match if you want to put her in like a tag match or something like that. There's yeah, already, and then just right, have the, the attraction to this pay per view is the ladder matches. Yeah, and just have like Alexa and Nia go at it again. Sure. Yeah, you could do that, or have Nia defend it in like a multi woman match, like. Yeah. Somebody, like all right, because like if you've got couple, like if you got Bliss and Ember, who are the two representatives from Raw, in the women's match uh, for Money in the Bank, then yeah, you could either have like Mickey James, you could have Natalia, you could like fuck it, who cares? They could challenge Nia. You could, or you could yeah. have Bailey or Sasha, or both of them. Like, <laughs> then they turn on each other finally and. Yeah, actually, you know what? That could have been a thing. Maybe, maybe Bailey and Sasha get in there as like a triple threat, and then they fucking cost each other the match. That would have been fine. Mm-hmm. But yeah, instead they they decide to pull the trigger really quickly on Ronda here, and I don't like my feeling is that like as far as like they're, it's like at this point they're gonna, no matter what they do, somebody's getting kind of fucked up at this point. But I feel yes. like. You know what? I had this other thought as like a potential out, and I don't know if they're going to go this avenue. But the way that they initially announced this match, it was like this really weird backstage segment thing online with like Charlotte Flair being involved. Did you see this? No. It was like I'm not even going to go through all the writing of it because it was like horrendously bad. But Charlotte comes over and basically kind of helps goad the match and set them up, and then was like posing with both of them afterwards. And I was wondering if, like, do you think this would be, like, a weird long con of, like, Charlotte maybe costing Ronda the match? Like, maybe that's how you get out of this weird booking scenario? Is it, like... Possibly. For some reason, Charlotte decides to fuck over Ronda Rousey. I mean, Rousey they're gonna have st- to do something crazy to make it work, right? Like, to start their feud? Because, like, I was thinking the natural start of their potential feud could have been... Uh, just like the Survivor Series match or something, right? Is it's like, all right, we're going to do the Horsewomen versus the Horsewomen. Yeah. That makes sense. And then just from there, it's like, oh, well, the war's not over, bitch. I'm going to kill you. Yeah, and we keep going until WrestleMania. I would have been fine with that. Yeah. Um, But yeah, maybe they'll do some cockamamie thing like that where maybe, you know, Ronda's coming up here and like maybe Charlotte's like, oh, well, I couldn't let you win the title already because that would have proved that you're better than me or something. Like, I don't know. I'm trying to just reach for straws at this point. <laughs> I mean, they're going to be reaching for straws because they did it to themselves. Yeah. Like, I don't know what the fuck this is. This is such a weird situation. Um, or, I mean, I don't know. I feel like Ronda's just going to win. Like, they're just going to... Because, like, it, w- it almost would be the lesser two evils, right? Because, like, Naya, it would be shitty to do this to Naya, but, like, I guess maybe she could recover on some level. But, like, 
yeah, it would be really hard for Ronda to recover unless they do a cockamamie storyline of her getting screwed. Like, if she just loses, that's that bad. That totally hurts her. Yeah. Yeah, that really kills her mystique pretty bad. So, I don't know. I think Ronda's winning it. We shall see. All right. I'm trying to think, was there anything else that even really. Oh, yeah, almost had just like a, a debut a on SmackDown. Match. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I think that's pretty I think much that's it. it for me this week. Because nothing was really that exciting in terms of WWE. <laughs> yeah, it was just kind of a week. Like there was the, I I appreciated the town crier and the royal celebration. Like that was a good little uh, detail. Yeah. Um, I think Oscar's coming to enter reign, but you know, it was all right. It was a good segment, I guess. It wasn't amazing, but it was fine. Mm-hmm. And yeah, pretty much it. All right. So check us out on social media throughout the week and uh, rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast pretty much anywhere you can listen to podcasts. And we'll get back to you next week with hopefully, hopefully WWE does a little bit better and we'll be more excited to talk about them. Yeah, hopefully. But you know what? In substitute of that, I, I the news of All In has just been so exciting that honestly, I didn't even care if we didn't talk about WWE this whole this whole week. That's very true. And honestly, we really didn't. We only did no. for like maybe half the time. Yeah. Which just shows you, right? What we're saying. This is the competition. It's happening. Mm-hmm. It's like the death by a thousand cuts, right? It's not all at once, but it's been building oh, over God. time. Ugh. All right, I'm going to have nightmares tonight. <laughs> Filling your head with nightmares. All right. Peace out, everybody. Go check out our, our better booking for Alt-Raw on Better Booking Bureau at WordPress. And uh, you'll get to see the rest. We, we told you about one bit of booking, but uh, there's going to be other good shit, I assure you. And I also assure you it's going to be better than what WWE is doing this week. <laughs> <laughs>